Is this the Eng- uh, English office or the American office? English. We don't have an American office anymore. No, no. You, you, the office, you said. Oh, the office. Oh, oh dear. Mr. Brent, I do apologise. I should think so. Um, <laughs> thank God it's not a visual, visual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be an embarrassment. <laughs> Gary can't dance. It's very evident. Why? Because he just tried. He can't even do the worst dance in the world on television ever. Welcome to the Grafters Podcast. Right, well, hello. Hello, Gary. Hello, John. How are you doing, my good man? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you yourself? I'm not doing too badly at all. Uh, it's uh, I, This is currently uh, Thursday the 20th of January. And Lockdown, lockdown's of, over. Lockdown's it, over. It, it would appear to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no masks. Um, well, no masks, not immediately. I think we're a little, we've got a little bit longer with masks, haven't we? But like like a week or so or something. Well, when I went the, to the, the Tesco, party's to... already started, hasn't it? So, <laughs> well, well, the garden party's already started. Well, I'm going to stop doing it. No, it's a work still. I'm not going to. <laughs> Apparently, and there was no social distancing. How are you doing, chap? It's uh, it's been a, a it's been a good start to the year, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, the the jobs purring back into into full swing. Yeah, people are you know obviously very busy in academic land. I can imagine. Uh, you know, lots of uh, there's been lots of issues with the with the restrictions, um, with staffing, uh, with with student um, confidence in coming in. But you know, that's the world at the moment. So we'll um, we'll move on from that. But they've been doing brilliant jobs, and Ofsted have restarted their you know their their um, their visits for universities, colleges, and schools. So lots of that's good. Lots of my, lots of my friends have been preparing for that or going through that which is i must say i'm not envious this year <laughs> one thing i don't i'm not going to miss is the audit no. yeah. yes i must admit that, that what was that like i mean as i say i you know i've never had to get involved in that effort with the education so what is it when you know obviously it's like what's it called i always want to call it tertiary education but my children always go to me that's not that's not a word no no it is it's after secondary education it's higher it's it's further. college, right. further. So, so yeah, further so ed, yeah. Sec- secondary, pri- primary, secondary, further and higher. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ofsted visits have, have have evolved. In certainly in the fifteen years I was doing it, they when I first got, I went through three Ofsted visits in my time at the college, and <clears throat> they're all a they're all a sort of a, they're a bit of a blur when you're a tutor because mm. you know you've you're doing your job, it doesn't stop. You've just got to make sure that the paperwork is current and up to date at the point of being in a classroom, which not saying is not always the case, but sometimes you might let that slip, mm. uh, you know, especially when you've got busy year groups and things. Mm. When you're a middle manager, obviously you're the meat in the sandwich, as they say, and <gasps> you're Sorry. you're trying to make sure that all of your, all of your staff are are um, compliant with the, uh, um, the the processes that the college has got in place. So, you know, all the protocols and processes. And then you're collating data for the senior leadership teams. 
And then when you're in senior leadership teams, you're the ones that sit in front of them. <laughs> so, yes, I suppose. So it's uh, it's an interesting, but as, as I say, it's evolved. And Ofsted now, when they go into colleges and when they go into, they don't go into universities. Um, it's a different it's a different method in universities. But mm. in colleges, when they go in, they track the learner journey. So they'll go straight to source, find a learner, have a chat with that learner. And then they'll start to data mine backwards. So they'll ask the learner what course they're on, what do they know the timetables, how are they progressing within their within their course, how do they feel, are they safe at college, those sort of things, mm. have they made friends, uh, what's the career aspirations. All these then create data points that are then checked to see if um, college systems match that data. So... You know, every college system runs a different um, a different mechanism to track a, a learner. You know, so they have to do it in a different direction in order to make sure it's they're getting what they need. Yeah, and to make sure. That so, so sense. for yeah, so if if a, if a student says, well, you know, I've had a few issues with this, that, and the other, those issues better be recorded, and there better be actions against those issues and support in place. So, you know, and that's that's that that's what you would expect. That's good customer service. That's fantastic customer service. You can't beat a bit of good customer service. Yeah, and I think I think college, I think educators do wince when senior leaders call students customers. But what are they if they're nothing but customers? I mean, you know, they make a choice to continue in further education. They could take another route. Yeah, it's so not it's paid a, for it's, though, is it? It's still paid for for the paid for by the government. The the learner has access to funding for education up to a level three yes which is where they choose to do that is up to them right so if you've got multiple colleges in your area you can yes. choose to go to one of those colleges so in that respect i think that's how i would call them a customer that's fair yeah i mean i, I was on i was on to a college today talking to some staff and uh, we we were talking about they only get 12 hours, 12 hours of teaching time mm. on a full-time course per week. So 12 hours of teaching time per week. Is that what, uh, per course or full stop? Per course, yeah. There was, right. They're only allowed one course. They can't do multiple courses. Oh, oh okay, sorry. Yeah, but if they go to A-levels, then the timetables are a much fuller sure. uh, experience. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it does, it does, you know... the. There is there's something there that needs for me needs to be addressed, and you know the colleges I think need to be funded better to make sure you know students have access to more education. But anyway, there we go. Off my soapbox. <laughs> What's been happening in Gary's world? Uh, hang on, just one second. I've just been sent a message by work. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably, at the timing. The, the timing of that is. Epic. It is, isn't it? Do you know what? I'm not even going to read it. Um, no, work's been <laughs> work's been great. We have been ba basically, um, we've been we've been so full of work. We managed to have a nice Christmas break, which I think I mentioned before. And uh, mm. at the moment, I am doing um, look development for work again, as always. <laughs> that I can't talk about. As I say, I had a cold, which basically almost knocked me sideways, and as a consequence and you're fat and you're fat yeah so thank you 
But that's what you said. You said you were on I a diet. Say, yes, I'm, I'm, I said <laughs> yes. I have, I, well, I'm not not too fine a point on it. Yes, I'm probably about a stone and a half heavier than I should be. I think and, I, I um, think equally. I think if we sat on the scales, we'd we'd, we'd each, equal each other out. In the sense that you mean if I'm you were on one side of the seesaw and I was on the other. <laughs> no, if our weight gains, if our weight gains over Christmas, I think <clears> I'm <throat> equal on that. I think. Well, yeah, possibly. I think. I think. But and also, you know, I mean, I've reached a point where I've got to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. Well, Marie put me on salads today, so there we go. Did she? All oh, right. Well, yeah. I've been uh, very fortunate because I make all of our bread, so I'm able Gluten- to keep an even stronger check on all the stuff, so I know what goes in it. Gluten free. Uh, no, because gluten-free bread, as a rule, tends to you put you put a knife on it to spread butter, and it goes <laughs> it just dissolves. So it's uh, I'm not a big fan of gluten-free bre- gluten-free bread requires somebody to work out a better method of baking it, mm. to put quite simply. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, so and we also I tell you what we have been doing again, not a sponsor, but we've been doing gusto for a while. Mm. I may have mentioned this. I'm not sure. And so we get um, totally off topic, of course, to do with TV and games or whatever. Uh, but um, we get um, uh, boxes four days a week. Well, we get one box for four days a week of food uh, for the evening meal. And mm-hmm. then we just fend lightly during the day. And then on Friday, we normally have a takeaway. Sounds a bit, you know, just because there's so many wonderful choices of takeaway around here. It's like it's, we want to keep all the local businesses going as much as we can. So it's a small amount of our money goes towards a takeaway on a Friday for the four of us, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you know, but Gusto is great. We've had some amazing meals. In fact, this evening we had um, it was a, a roasted ratatouille with fusilloni and fusilloni. baked, fusilloni, yeah, fusilloni, baked, baked, which is basically it's just small fusilli. Um, but it was it was you know, had aubergine in there and it had it didn't have capers but it should have had um, but it had like it was made of goat's cheese but we did it with feta so we've we've had everything that arrived in the box we used apart from the goat's cheese basically and um, no I don't like I don't like goat's cheese either no I'm, I'm not a big fan of goat's cheese um, but no the food has just been amazing and mostly it's we, mostly it's we're mostly vegetarian in the house so so. Um, we have basically just vegan and vegetarian meals from Gusto, and the quality has been just fabulous. <laughs> One does not simply cook Gusto food. It, it is just uh, no. It's um, honestly, it's been, it's it's, been it, just on yeah. that. On just on that, because you, you allude there to a to a brand <laughs> that is uh, <clears throat> Mr. Spencer's. Um, we started buying. The, the fresh produce from mm. um, butchers and greengrocers now. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've gone local. And it's... You, you do pay a bit more, but you but you get better flavour. Yes, absolutely, particularly with your meat. Yeah, better yeah. flavour. So um, they, they wouldn't be listening, but big big shout-out to the local butchers there. But anyway... Johnny Butchers, there you go. <laughs> so... Um, we points for tonight. We're um, yes. We wanted to talk about uh, the the news, recent news of uh, BBC license fees. Tonight. Lots of recent news, but yes, that's one in particular that mm. I, I, I I really want to um, talk about this because there's a, obviously the argument is it shouldn't be a paid for service and it's an archaic system. They should be following a system sort of almost like Netflix or HBO, 
where mm. people pay a, a license fee as we do. Um, Monthly and or something, yeah. Yeah, well, which, which is kind of what most people do anyway with the, with their TV license anyway. Yeah, we and the idea is that it shouldn't go any higher, and it should be this set price, same as everything else is out there. And that, that, that then they will have a, a different model to pay for all the stuff that BBC do. Only problem is the BBC do all that stuff because it's part of the charter. Now, the moment you take away the charter and that they do, they will probably stop doing half the things that they do. What what we get, what we get, if you go to an HBO model is or a Netflix model, or more of an HBO model maybe, is probably a better 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 example. Is you will get uh, repeat shows during early parts of the week. You'll get probably a couple of brand new dramas uh, mm-hmm. that will be like huge amounts of budget. That take up uh, uh, that are then repeated later on in the week, and then you'll also get like a bunch of say maybe a, a day when you get a lot of films. That's what happens with HBO. Whereas with the BBC, with our license fee, which is not a massive amount of money at all, we get BBC One, BBC Two, uh, BBC Three, which is coming back on as, as a linear channel rather than a digital one. We get radios one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> four extra. You know, there's there's a, a wealth of programming which is around the country which is locational so you've got like bbc wales bbc scotland still and world service world service the bbc news website all of this will basically vanish if people stop paying the license fee and but the big thing the big problem for me in terms of industry is that there will be basically and and i i worry specifically for people who do vfx in the uk so it is relevant, it's very, very relevant, is that if you have this budget which has to be geared towards getting bums on seats, that, 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 that people will basically, there won't be as many dramas as there currently is. There just won't be. There'll be a couple of really big ones, but there won't be like four or five, six episodes that you get. Well, I mean, basically BBC generates so much drama and yep. the visual effects that go into those shows... Uh, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that that you is stuff you don't see. I mean, there's yep. a show that we've that we're currently working on. It costs a lot of money. It costs. It can cost a lot of money. Mm. Yes, but it, what it mean? But the but so, it's like bread and butter jobs. It's constant work that flows through. I mean, pretty much I, everything I, we did was a drama last year. I I don't understand what the, what 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 the problem is with the license fee. I mean, it's a hundred and fifty nine pounds for the for the TV license fee. Yep. It's thirteen pounds ninety nine for Netflix. For how many? It's not that much, is it? It is if you want to have it multi-screen for like your household, for instance. You know, if you've got kids, uh, going to be they're going to be upstairs, you're downstairs. They've got one channel on, you've got another channel on on Netflix. Yeah, but I thought we get thought you get four, don't you? You get four with, for with four, the small for, plan. No, you get you get one screen with the small plan, five ninety nine. Oh. Yeah, and there's a two there's a two screen one. Yeah. And then there's a four screen one. And the four screen one is about eleven quid or something. It's thirteen ninety nine. Oh right. I didn't realise that. Yeah. So that works out at hundred and sixty seven pounds eighty eight a year. So it's more expensive to have Netflix than it is to have all of the things that the BBC provides you with, including news channels and everything else that goes beyond. And to be able to have it on as many screens as you want in your house. Yep. Can, and on your phone, yeah. and phone, the radio. Yep, yeah. you, you can know. pause live TV. 
Yep. You, you, all, all of the live production stuff. We haven't even got into live production. I mean, look at the live no. production. All, um, and, to th- and also, the, because, purely because of the charter, I mean, that's part of the reason why the BBC is unbiased. Yeah. Allegedly unbiased. It is unbiased. Yeah, and I, and it, it does... The BBC, in general, is unbiased. Yeah. There are individuals that are, that are biased people, and... Mm. And they do get they do get pulled up on things, you know. When they're found, there is a standards committee, and it goes through it. And if they're found, then they're pulled from it. Yeah. And yeah, there are a lot of people that get paid lots and lots of money. You know, they've cited Gary Lineker and 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 others, and so on and so forth. Chris Evans is very highly paid, as I recall, and I still don't quite understand why that was. <laughs> well, but there is obviously a reason that you know people obviously enjoy their them. I mean, you know, doing doing those shows. So. Yeah, from from my point of view, I think maybe we could move to a monthly format. You know, maybe you could do to go to a a, a split between digital only service. I don't know, but really, if something's not broken, why why try and fix it? I completely agree with that. It's not broken at all. Not even remotely broken. I mean, we we pay Amazon. In your household, what what services do you have? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> I'm going to work out what I have now, and right, okay. I, I I think I'm in a I think I'm in the th- above the thousand pound a year mark because Whoa. we have Netflix. Yep. On the on the full screen job, we uh-huh. have obviously the the TV license fee. Uh-huh. We have Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. We have Disney Plus. Uh-huh. We have Apple TV. Okay. <laughs> And we've got Discovery. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm and it's still too... cheaper than Sky. It's che- That is still cheaper. I've worked it out. It's still cheaper than Sky. So so we have, obviously, the BBC licence fee, of course. Yeah. We have Netflix. We have mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. And we have Disney+. Plus. I cannot, in all good conscience, <laughs> have anything else. I can't. Oh, I had now t- we had now TV over Christmas. For the oh, purpose of TV. to watch. I've, oh, and that I've as got, well. But we only had that to watch the Harry Potter special. <laughs> yeah. And the moment I finished, moment we finished watching it, I killed it. But I mean, that, that, we. If, I. I don't. I. I just worry. I just worry about you know uh, us losing uh, such a huge thing. Everyone seems to think it's going to end up like Channel Four. It'll have news. It'll have this, and it won't change. It'll just become a regular TV commercial service. But I don't think people, you know, Channel Four don't have radio stations. Well, Channel Four I'll, I'll don't have. A... I mean, they may have the biggest streaming service in the UK, but they don't have the stuff that the BBC has. They just do not do the sort of things that the BBC does. And to change that model, to change it implicitly, is a really, really bad idea. Vicky McClure's got a new, a new drama mm. coming to. To the ITV network. To the um, ITV network. To the ITV network. Oh, I like Vicky very, McClure. And inter- interestingly enough, the ITV network at one point used to be lots of little networks, like you know, L, you know, LWN and Well, we we saw the advert on on uh, on YouTube for for it. It came up as an advert on a YouTube video, and yeah. I was like, oh, this looks fantastic. Didn't know the BBC were doing adverts, and then Marie said, "Oh, it's 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 going to be on ITV." And then it was like, "Oh, I'm not I'm not sure. I want to bother. Then I'll wait till it's um, I'll wait till it's on the ITV player. Oh, really? And then I, and then I get less adverts. 
No, but here's that. You see, I don't agree with that at all because uh, we've we we've ju- we've just almost finished watching It's a Sin, which is a Channel Four, which feels like it's a BBC show, but it's not because uh, it's written by Russell T Davies, uh, you know, the man who basically brought back Doctor Who, and it's just this wonderful show. But we are bombarded by adverts, and you can't. It's not like I can wind through them because we're watching it on on, on all four. On more, is it all four or more four? All we, four. I think it's all four now, isn't it? More yeah. four is a channel. All okay. four is the, the streaming service. Okay. And um, I'm probably wrong now. I've said that. Um, no, I think you're right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's we can't get past the adverts at all. So you just have to wait. What we do is turn the sound down and actually have a conversation. Hmm. Odd. It is like going back to the old days of watching TV, and I, I, it's, it's you know there's there's a way of making the money, sticking adverts and everything on the BBC iPlayer. Oh, see, I see it all going wrong. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't like. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I've got very much into watching YouTube, mm. and I'm almost at the point now of paying the premium service to get rid of the adverts. Just to get rid of the eight, five, four, yeah, four, three, three, finger yeah. poised two, one, <laughs> skip ad. Yeah, and because when you're on when when you're on the when you're on the big telly, yeah, you're on the you're on the four K telly, it's. It's so annoying because it disrupts the flow of the actual content. Well, only because it's, there's not a proper gap for when the advert goes in. That's what no, I don't it, like. It's yeah, just like, it's, stop programming, here's the advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously done by a, a, a by some sort of computer. Would you? Would, it's not an algorithm, o- is it? That algorithm. Work? Do you think? Do you think there are algorithms out there that that companies look at that tells them when someone's worth buying? I hope so because I'm. A, I'm. I, they'll soon stop sending me stuff. <laughs> um, but, well, just thinking that you know, I mean. I wondered if Xbox started looking at Blizzard and just saw the price. Just thought, well, I think we need to buy them now. <laughs> yes, oh, on to the next one. Xbox buying Blizzard. Wow, that is not just wow. It's more of a what the. So, I've I've done a little research on this today because oh, I good, knew good, you were going to talk about it. Um, the Sony PlayStation price crashed today. On the Japanese stock exchange. Really? Yeah, it took a real hit. So wow. the effect has been immediate for Xbox, you know. And that that they were they were let's face it, in in the run up to Christmas, PlayStation were outperforming Xbox sales, and had had won the battle yep. for Christmas. So what a response from Microsoft, you know. I mean, I, I was I was thinking about AMD and Intel, mm. and how AMD gave. Intel are really good kicking over over the last sort of like twelve months. They've they've really been hammering into them. Yeah. And now Intel's got the next layer of chips coming, and they just look phenomenal. What they're they going to put the Ryzen's out of business? No, they won't put the Ryzen's out of business <laughs> in, a, in 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 the way that you know you'd think. But I think that I think that the way that AMD did their pitch, which was pretty good at the when they did it, mm. was was also based around their their graphics architecture as well doing well. And that's been hit badly by the chip shortage. Yes. And Nvidia already had some seriously good, you know. Let's let's face it, and we, we're going to go down that rabbit hole in, a, in shortly. But yeah, you know, Nvidia Nvidia is set up now with Omniverse, and it's almost like somebody asked me to, to, the other day, "What's you know, what's the best way to describe Omniverse?" And I said, "Well, it's for me, it seems to be the it's the Display Port for Metaverse, isn't it?" You know, it's 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 it's, it's yes. one of the display ports of a metaverse, and whether you're using Unreal Engine or or one of the big games engines to to 
build your content and launch it within, mm. you're building it on NVIDIA architecture using RTX technology and the DLSS uh, shader systems and all, all of the other cool little things that artists don't know anything about and don't have no. the pain anymore. No. Oh, you don't know you're born. No, um, we don't. So, yeah, so... <laughs> Well, well, we do because we've been we've, we've been on the other side, Gary. <laughs> we've been on the other side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I think you know we've seen we've seen it before. I mean, Microsoft once once upon a time, you know, they they bought Rare. Oh yes, I suppose they did, didn't yeah. they? I never really thought and about so, that. And, and so did Nintendo. You know, they've all they've all it, it it goes in cycles, and they'll come back out the other side of it. And, and let's face it, Blizzard's not been in a good place financially. No, I don't know. They've not been. They've not been in, a, in not been in a great place. But they've got phenomenal titles. Yes. So you know they've got Call of Duty, um, and World of Warcraft, and so on. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, an Overwatch, and you know Overwatch obviously is an esports type, you know, type uh, of game. So yeah. I think that leads into the esports uh, thing. Big news today in Sunderland. Well, this week in Sunderland, they've committed to building an esports center in Sunderland. Um, oh, really? Yep, yep. So that's, that's like, um, so basically, it's a big screen computer gaming arena. Arena, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that it's, that's good though because yeah. it could be used for a lot more stuff than just the esports. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if anyone's Sunderland. if anyone's listening from Cineworld, you know, now's your chance to kick into a new marketplace. What filling all their uh, empty cinemas? Yeah, fill them up. Fill them up with you know events. Get the events. Actually, actually with some of the some of the really bigger screens. Because I mean, this mm. is uh, this is um obviously this is an ongoing thing, isn't it? That, that I mean, you know, they do say that in times of war, that's when technology basically makes its big leaps. And this pandemic mm. has been sort of like the equivalent equivalent of a war. But in terms of what we all the changes that we've had to make, and that we've realised that so many of them are actually good ones. Um, even though people moan that, you know, you should be seeing a film in the cinema. I mean, I watched it at The Eternals. I didn't go to see it at the cinema because my children didn't want to go and see it. I just thought, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't want to so go. So you, wa you watched it on Disney Plus? Have you I watched, watched it on Disney Plus, yeah, last week. And I had um, to watch it in two bites. I mean, that was that was a long film. <laughs> that it, was a long film. It, it was. There was one small section in the middle that I ended up, having, I ended up watching on my phone. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But I can categorically say I think I would have disliked it in the cinema as much as I disliked it when I watched it. Yeah, I thought the first half of the film was brilliant. Yeah, getting was getting good. to know the getting to know the characters. Yeah, was great. Mm. It took a very dark turn then, and it didn't feel like a. It, 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 it well, it felt like when they did Endgame in two parts. You know, they did Endgame, and then yeah. they did before Endgame, they killed everybody. Yeah, and I then... just, uh, to me, it felt to me a little bit like they were DCing the, the Marvel Universe. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, it just, it just, it just, there's, there's, I, the DC stuff is darker. Yeah. It is. It is. It, it is. doesn't come yeah. across as well because of it, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But they, it's when, when they do it well, DC, they do it really well. Man of Steel, I think, is a great movie. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've watched, I would watch Man of Steel over Eternals uh, 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 any day of the week. Um, yeah, we, 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 we recently revisited Man of Steel. Mm. A brilliant film. It's really. a superb movie. It really, really is. Um, and and not, not to mention the VFX in that film is um, eye-watering. 
You know, there, there are some shots in there that you, you just... I mean, I, I had the same feeling, actually, when I watched Aquaman. Yeah. You know, Aqua, you know when you... Th- obviously, being in, as we're being in the industry, we know how bloody hard <laughs> those simulations are going to be. Yeah. <clears throat> and the I mean, pain that they will have gone through to get them right, they looked amazing. A lot of the underwater stuff, I mean, the fact that, you know, it was comped to make it look like it was underwater. Um, but then you have these actual sim shots, the ones where you're actually on top or near the yeah. top or coming out of the top or going back into the top. And that's all the stuff when you saw it. It's just like like Manta Ray's ship, his mm. little thing. I just the, the, the in and out of the water and all sort of stuff. And oh, dear. Just phenomenal. Mm. Phenomenal amount of work. Um I mean, Houdini and Houdini and Scanline uh, must have been raking in money every time for every single moment of that film. Side effects, yeah, side effects of uh, yeah, yeah. Of the obviously the company behind Houdini. Yes, phenomenal. Um, so this deal with Xbox buying yeah. Blizzard, it put it makes them the third largest games company in the world. So there's that. That is Nintendo. Uh, top five game companies: Nintendo, Ubisoft, Sony yeah. Interactive, Activision Blizzard, Epic Games. Um, those yeah. are the games companies in themselves. I think this makes them the the third largest. It does now. If you look at how many, the name, the names yeah. that, are, that are taking up the place of number three. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I still for me it's the sixty nine point seven billion pounds that that <laughs> billion. So this will make this will make them the third largest games company by revenue. Mm. So. You've got Tencent that's at the top. That's the Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Sony, and then it'll be Microsoft, and then Apple. So that's some crazy stuff going on there. It's mental, crazy. isn't it? So all of these amazing VFX. We were talking about this um, in our preamble, weren't we? Before, yeah. before, before recording. Yes. BR before recording. What are the minimum specs for a PC nowadays? We were we were having this conversation, weren't we? Yes, we actually were. Um, and it's it's. I mean, it's interesting because obviously things have changed. And they were saying for years that you know you couldn't get rendering any quicker on a CPU. And then they sort of like just went. And then someone had the brainwave to, what if we use those GPU things? Mm. What if we use them? And you know, because you know, different amount of cores and all that sort of malarkey. And it has made things a lot faster. No word of a lie. They've made it just phenomenally quicker. So yeah. what we would consider to be a, a, a good setup for a PC now is so much, so much different to how it was ten years ago. Absolutely. I mean, ten Absolutely. years ago, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it. The the difference in spec is is phenomenally different. I mean, what would you think would be a minimum of spec now? Really, I mean that's because because if I can just go back as a as a qualifier to this, um, but if we look at what the the minimum spec was for a copy of Maya Unlimited eight point five, I'm going back to version eight point five, which was um, two thousand seven, I think. Yeah, about two thousand seven it was because it was all it was one after the year, I think, if you know what I mean. So obviously you need a three button mouse, you need an Ethernet card. Um, you need at least a uh, uh, ten twenty four meg of RAM. More is recommended, was what it says in brackets after this. <laughs> but you know, uh, at least one gig of RAM, um, and it said, and a graphics card and display device capable of screen resolutions of at least twelve eighty by ten twenty four. Uh, my screen is currently running at uh, my single screen. It's currently running at what is it two two fifty by something, and then it's the qualified operating systems 
because at this point it was only on Windows as well, mm-hmm. uh, was XP and um, uh, XP Pro and Windows 203 server. The 203 server stuff was only qualified on an AMD Opteron. And oh, I remember the Opteron. Yes. <laughs> they, were, they were good. They were. But they were. That's the thing. You've got an Intel Xeon. It'll work on that. They didn't recommend the Pentium 4. Um, and then the Opteron, the the 32-bit Opteron, and there was nothing applicable in the Intel 64-bit ones for XP Pro PS uh, SP2. So basically, your your main stuff is based on Intel Xeon or an AMD Opteron at 32 bits, and a little bit of the 64-bit stuff going on there as well. Now, <laughs> so the workstations, the Hewlett Packard workstation, a WX4400, the WX8400. Or the 9400. The Dell Precision Workstation 670, 690 <laughs> and 390. Which to me is... I, I remember those awful grey boxes. with with They were awful. The IMBZ Pro. And Fujitsu Siemens. Which I still can't believe. And uh, then you've also got the... the so you've got the Dell uh, Precision. Uh, the IBM TP60. So you, they're very... At the time they were all pretty good models. I suppose. Mm. So and then it's the graphics cards which are the laugh. Yeah, so so I mean current workstations. I think the the, the current weapon of choice in the industry is HP Z4, um, which is a, a an Intel Xeon platform. Yeah, and they'll be running A4000 or A5000 Nvidia cards with 64 gig of RAM. <laughs> yeah, 128 if you're feeling. Adventurous. Well, you never know. You might need that other sixty-four. <laughs> you might well need that other sixty-four. Yeah, it just suddenly but, I mean, will it, crop up. We've just done a um, a customer spotlight on Panoply. 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 Uh, Panoply. Yeah. So Panoply yeah. have just just come in and um, done a, a spotlight on what they were doing previous, which was they you know they they'd set their stuff up with gaming cards. Their yeah. studios t- tended to be gaming cards, and they, they were co- they were convinced to try the ampere you know technology moving it on to sort of moving into nvidia's premium um, graphics card mm-hmm. and there, there's a lot of reasons why if, if you're doing serious graphics you want to be using those cards instead of gaming cards i mean number one they're, they're built to run 24 7 yeah so they're, they're you know they'll they'll just run and run and run they've got fewer moving parts in them so they'll not blow up on you as you know as gaming cards can do if they're stressed and overloaded yes and then the memory that they've got on them, they've got more memory. So, you know, you've got 20 gig of RAM on a, on a graphics card. I know, it's which, insane. Which which does mean a lot when you're doing heavy computational stuff Absolutely. like Sims. If you're throwing, um, yeah, with a Sim in particular. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you go up to the 6,000 cards, obviously then you're 48 gig of RAM, I think it is, on a, mm. on a 6,000. They're not cheap cards. They're not, they're, not, they're not hobbyist cards, you know. They're not, but they're designed... You know, especially if you you put them into a render box and and stick Redshift across them. You know, yeah. <laughs> these things are going to eat through your render pipeline and and allow you to do more. That's the thing. So yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 were talking about you know what are what are the what are the specs that you need. And I suppose certainly when I was at Doncaster, the the machines we put in had sixty four gig of RAM in them. Mm. So cost wise. To a person who wants to do this for a living, what you're talking really is round about minimum cost would be what? One thousand. If you're building your own, three, one and a half. Three, 
one three thousand. No, three really. For 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 the card or for the for the machine. For the whole machine, altogether. Yeah, you, yeah. I think if you're wanting a a proper machine that does the job properly, minimum two. Two and a half to three grand, because we've got that. You've got that in there as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna give you a system that's gonna be rocking. And also uh, probably last you for about three to four three, years. Three, four years, yeah. Yeah. Three, four years. I mean, NVIDIA's just done their refresh. So we probably say, for, you know, we've got the 3000 series out for the GeForce cards and we've got the A series out now on the Quadros. So yeah, that looks pretty solid. The way that Omniverse is, is coming along and has been geared towards the RTX technology. Yeah. Um, and obviously any Blender users out there know that you... RTX is your godsend for turning on. Turn on your RTX and away you go. And then you've yeah. got your DLSS ch shader systems as well that are coming in. And I think that's going to go into Blender in the in the next iterations as well. So it just means that you can do anyway. more things procedurally. Yes, that's yes. Point. That's the point of it. And Absolutely. I know that Blender are looking at 3.1 to have more support for procedural shaders mm -hmm. and for procedural painting. That's something that's coming in. So, if you're familiar with uh, resolution independent paint. painting, well, if you if you're familiar with substance, that's what substance does, doesn't it? You in substance, you can layer up your shaders and create masks and things like that. Yeah, I, think I still haven't. I still haven't touched substance. Mastered it. I just haven't. No, I haven't. Not about mastering it. I just have not been in a situation where I've needed to use it. And yeah. we've got licenses at work, but I just it's like, well, you know, I'm 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 mostly doing stuff that is essentially is procedural shaders but in the old sense of the word um and um you know animating and rendering and comping and well just just on animating i mean there's a reason why you want to have you know a, a, a workstation graphics card rather Absolutely. than a games one hmm. because when it comes to playback you want to play back at 30 frames per second and uh, not yeah, well, this is the thing. Stutter all the way through. Stuttering. I, I the the project I was doing before Christmas was for um company, and it was basically it had an object which was forming itself out of. I think the highest figure we actually had was I think it was eighteen thousand and some odd, no one hundred and eighty thousand no eighteen thousand some odd silver balls, and each of these silver balls were. Rendered smooth at render time, but they still had to have a certain number of surface facets in order to look like a sphere you, on the surface of this of this object. And I did it on two of these objects, and it ran like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I and not up... a fast dog, not a greyhound no, dog. No, 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 no. no, no. no. This, 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 this was a this Labrador. was a sausage dog. A no, sausage this, dog. This is a Labrador after one very long walk and a very big meal. No, honestly. So, so it was running so horribly slow at one point. I actually. Put my head in my hands and just like stared at stared at my palms, going, "Please, just just play back." Um, I was having to burn alembics and all sorts, basically, like bringing the alembic in and then basically baking it all, and then anybody that's um, over the age of thirty seven, thirty eight will may just remember when they had to go and make coffees when they set their PCs off to do things. <laughs> do you know what we still do it now? It's like it's like anything, and this is this is me twittering on. But it's like you, you, you have a machine that has so much more power, but what you're generating, it doesn't matter. It still takes two and a half minutes to render. And it's kind of like it was, you know, when the, the things that we were doing back in the day, you know, back, back in the 90s, and we're working on stuff for like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. And I would be doing um, a render of 
there was one particular, it was a Chips Ahoy commercial for America. For anyone who doesn't live in America, uh, Chips Ahoy are cookies. And uh, we had two huge boxes of them in the office. They did not last. Um, I mean, pro- like crates they were. And um, so we're doing these commercials. And I had, it was an elephant that I'd built out of NURBS. And uh, when we when we thought NURBS was the answer to everything. And and it was it had a saxophone. And a guy called Kevin Rooney, who worked with us at the time, he animated it. And then, and then another guy, I think, I can't remember his name, uh, did some of the lighting. And then we kicked off to render. And it still took two and a half minutes of frame. So and it was, it was, and it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it, was it, it wasn't even PAL. It was, it was NTSC, which is a smaller format, and it was like twenty nine point nine seven frames per second, which is NTSC. So we're working to an American format, and and it was like, well, is it, how, how long is it going to take? And it always worked out to two and a half minutes. And and anything <laughs> anything that we ever rendered always was two and a half minutes. And still now it's still you know if it's, if it renders and takes two and a half minutes a frame, we're okay. Even though now we're not worried about doing it on our own machines, we're now remotely firing it off to render farms. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, laptop or desktop was uh, was was the next and final sort of concluding topic, wasn't it? It, it was indeed. And there is a very good reason for this that I, that I asked this question. For firstly, primarily, it's obviously because you know you can the laptops are obviously better than they were. I'm not saying they're better than mm-hmm. desktops; they're better than they were. They've got better graphics cards in them than they ever had before. They've got better battery life. They've got much better screens, mm-hmm. um, you know. And as long as you've got a new a, a number pad on the side, you know, you can probably get away with using any piece of three D software on that laptop. But more is the point, and this has come out of how our worlds have changed in terms of what we how we do work. I am currently sitting in my house. I have been since Christmas, since before Christmas, because of Omicron. We all came home. But we've all been signing into our computers using secure networks and a piece of software called Teradici, which you know very well because you sell it. We do. Yes. Now, I could work on my works computer, which has got the graphics card, and it has the power, and it has the storage, and it has got all the right software on it from my laptop. And I wouldn't notice any discernible difference from using it as if I was in the office. So why necessarily does one need a big desktop anymore at home when you can do it all on a laptop at least that's my question well you don't you don't you don't you shouldn't have a big machine at home because if you've got a big machine at home and you're working on client soft client data you're working in a potentially unsafe environment for that data so but depend on what protocols you've had put on the boxes and, and everything else but yes but, there's firewalls but, but, and vpns up the wazoo you know you've got to be careful yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if someone broke into your house and stole that machine, there will be residual data on that machine somewhere. If mm. and the the PCI IP system, which is basically send your screen from the office mm. to us to a either a zero client or a thin client. So mm. a zero client is a box that's dedicated to accept only that screen, and a thin client is like your laptop. Yeah. Which has got an operating system on, and then runs a bit of software that then accepts the that, that accepts the signal into it. Yeah, and then it takes you know that, that as that software is running, it has basically cloned the screen. Yes, and and the underlying signals from your computer of the mouse movement and the keyboard input and everything else mm-hmm. is being sent two way backwards and forwards, and that's the only data transfer that you get. 
So it's picture and input data that goes. So all of the sensitive data stays within your secure Fort Knox cloud. Of course, yes. That is. Yeah. So, so the answer for me is, you, you know, the only time you'd want a big rig at home is if you're playing games right. and you're not allowed to play games on your, coll- on your computers at work. <laughs> but if I wasn't working and the stuff I was doing was on my own machine, is there, I mean, I've got a NAS here as well, so it's not like I've got, you know, a, a reason, I'm, running, I'm not like I'm running out of storage space, not even remotely running out of storage space. So... There's no reason why I couldn't do my own stuff, but would I use a laptop? Could I use a laptop to do what I do over a desktop? Because I'm not even rendering really that much at home anymore. If if you're not rendering, I mean, you're still going to have an issue when it comes down to playback speed of animations. Do you think? You know, well, knowing some of your animations, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're saying. Sorry. (laughs) They're, they're quite big. Some, some of them have been a bit massive, haven't they? Some of them have been they, absolutely they, horrendously they, big, yes. You know, they, they have. Yeah. But, um, it's why I intentionally you know, keep all the stuff that I do for YouTube. I try and do it in much smaller stuff. Because I, I, mental, I mentally immediately go, oh, I could show this. And I could do that. And I think, yeah, but pair it back, Gary. Just mm. stop it. Sorry. I think I think for proof of concept and, and you know, the early parts of projects, laptops are fantastic for... Mm. Doing a quick review of scene data if you're not worried about the lag too much. Yep, it's all good stuff. But I think if you're sitting there working day-to-day on a laptop, and if that laptop isn't up to military spec for you know the top graphics card, top processor, top RAM, yeah. um, super fast hard drive systems inside it, you're probably going to be looking at the best side of two and a half grand anyway mm. for that laptop. Mm. All for what? So that you can move it around. And it will probably weigh quite a little, quite a bit. You know, I mean, you're probably looking at two kilograms of weight just on just on the laptop, you know, itself. Maybe, he said, looking down at his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I will be honest. When I bought my laptop, it was purely because um, I sometimes would find myself when I was freelancing going into offices that I'd never been into before. And I'd sit there and they would pay me for the first day. And I wouldn't do a thing because I'd be, I would need this and I need that. And then I need to be put onto the yeah. network and put into the system and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can't do anything. And and mm. I do find that frustrating because I do like I do love what I do for a living. And I like to be able to actually get involved as soon as possible and start doing I stuff. I mean, we, you know, we, we've we've got a service. <clears throat> um, I don't I don't want to be sounding like we're selling stuff here. But, you know, we've got a service that's called Sherpa. And that works on as a front end for AWS systems. And, oh, yeah. yeah, so you can spin up a, a workstation, you can choose what type of graphics cards you want, you can spin up storage, and you can spin up render. So, you know, for a weekly fee, you can actually have all of that power of a studio. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. So if you're if you're a freelancer and you're you're you know, you're you've got a project and it's paying, yeah. it is perfect for you. And, and that's what it's been built for. It's been built for the freelancer. Okay, so I'm. Um, uh, this, as I however, a lot of studios a have ended up using it. <laughs> this is not a pitch, and we're not. This is not a sponsorship thing. So, if I was, I'm just, I'm just inquiring, just for my own benefit. So, say I wanted a license of Maya with V-Ray, um, add access to an AWS render system as well. I could get that sorted out with the, with with the processor that I want, with the mm-hmm. graphics card that I wanted. So I could actually work totally, totally separately from everything. Mm-hmm. All the stuff stays there, but I dial in from home, and I work on that. 
from anywhere, dialing from anywhere. And then I can just fire it off to a render farm at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And if there are a few of you working together, it can be built into a network so that you're all connected to your storage. You see, it, this is this is. I know technology is amazing, and it even I, I, I still it still staggers me what we're capable of doing. But this whole cloud thing, it's just I think it's taken the world by storm. It completely has. It's become something which at first was kind of like, yeah, it's a nice place for me to store my pictures. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, I, I don't have to have any equipment in my house anymore. That's impressive stuff. That is impressive stuff. I'm. I'll be honest with you. I, I, occasionally, I do get surprised by how impressive this stuff is. You know, I, I, I you know, even when you use it, when you, I mean, we'd obviously, I, I don't use all that sort of system. But the, the fact that I am working in this world, I sometimes get a little bit mind blown by how it's come on. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really want to, you know, if you really want to get your mind blown, check out. I mean, we've we've got a video on our social pages and on our website that um, Ritzy Animation, they um, they did a whole production in Sherpa. For lo- in lockdown, so they they talk about it and how it changed the way that they worked, and what it did is it gave them the flexibility to scale up and scale down. Yeah. As the pro- as the production went through, you know, and I think that's a lesson that everybody sort of figured out through COVID, through this pandemic, yeah. is where before you were buying tin and you were you were you were building capacity into your studios for the bulge when it comes, because it always does come on a production, there's always going to be a bulge at some point. New and innovative ways have now been created for those bulges to be done virtually yes. in, in cloud. And and it means that the rapidity at which you can be set up and working and then scaling back yeah. makes, makes the whole process a lot leaner for your production cycle. Mm. So, you know, it, it's, it's certainly definitely something, uh, you know, I, I think that that we will see more and more of. Um, it's not cheap. Uh, you no. know, I won't, I won't. I won't begin to say it's cheap because it isn't. But it's value for money if you compare it. You know, with what the alternatives are, which is buying a box, buying the software. You know, renting a space, putting the you know all of those bits and pieces in place, and then moving the artist in there. Yeah, that's that's where it sort of comes together. So, basically having everybody out of the office and using Sherpa. Or in the office and using Sherpa. Because oh, okay. then your off yeah. because then your office is quiet. You know, you've got you've got no pollution from your big, you know, beefy workstations. So you've got silence. Uh, not dissimilar to what Jellyfish did in Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jellyfish in Jellyfish when they set the Sheffield office up, they made that um almost silent because mm. that was what, you know, Phil Dobry had you know got in his head have been and all of their workstations work out of a data center so they connect to a data center the same as brixton connect to a data center so two new offices came up and all of the technology was in one data center and i was raving about it i was still at college when i was raving about it i was like this is the future and that's what got me so interested in making classrooms fluid and making them these transient spaces where hardware is no longer bolted to a classroom uh door you know, yeah. it's like, oh, if you go to E404, that's where the supercomputers are, you know, and everybody's fighting to be in it, you know, and you can only put 20 people in that room. And, uh, well, we've got a class of 30. So what do we do? How do we expand E404? And I'm using 404 because it's obviously 404 not found, but um, 
Okay. <laughs> That's for anybody that doesn't get the old uh, internet joke. <laughs> well, I've people still use it on pages. Anyway, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Was there anything else? So, yeah. Any final words? Oh yes, there was actually. I wanted to. I wanted not so much a final word, but um, and I would never normally do this because I don't want to use this as a way of promoting my YouTube channel. But I put up a, a comment thing asking, you know, if anybody had any ideas or anything, if they wanted to, you know, just say, um, you know, what if they, what would they like me to do next, kind of thing. And I got a few replies, a few replies, and a few responses. And one of them was, uh, you know, I'm a beginner. I would love it if you did a, a course that was like how to use Blender from the very beginning. And I just thought to myself, there's so. Are we not allowed to say donut? <laughs> I'm not mentioning that. <laughs> He has brought a new video out, though. He has brought he, he has brought a new video out for Blender three. Yes, um, how to make a donut in Blender three. I know it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, anyway, anyway, no, I, I've got a lot, I've got a lot of time for Andrew Price. I'm I'm not going to say yeah. why. Um, but um, it, I just thought, my thoughts it. were, you know, if you want to learn how to use Blender, there are so many other people who have already already done this. Yeah. And then so the thought came to my head was, well, maybe I should actually do a course on how to use Blender. But maybe a short one, and not a paid thing. Just you know. Can I can I side. ask? I mean, I don't I don't often ask for things. Well, I very rarely ever ask for things actually. Mm. Other than when are we meeting up for a beer? Can we get put <laughs> back every time. <laughs> Sooner, I think. I think than, than later now. Yeah. Mm. Um. I think, and I was talking to Chris McFall about this. Um, name drop. Name drop. Because he's he's going to be in one of these. Chris, get ready. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 your invite is in the post, mate. Uh, he was I, asking. I do, he was asking, when am I going to be on this podcast? I do want to talk to this man. He's my kind of guy, as you were very aware. Uh, so we were talking about the, anim the, the, the animation pipeline. It, he, he was talking to a, a lecturer at some place, and he asked him about it. And I'm probably butchering this, so he might rectify Go for it it. when he's on. But he, he, they were saying, oh, you know, we teach them this and that and the other, and then they go and find their way. And he said, well, there is only one way of, you know, putting the animation together in a pipeline. Who Chris said? And I was, he, he, yeah, and I think what he meant was it's, there's a logical way of building an animation. Yes. And that's what he's talking about. Yes. Not, not there is a way of creating an animated feature or a short or a, a whatever else. But it's very when fluid. You, the pipeline is. <laughs> It can be fluid, but yes. when it comes to doing animation, you it goes in one direction, yeah. And I think that there, I think there's an opportunity to do some sort of reference to the pipeline of of the yep. the direction of flow and how you go through all the stages of asset, yeah. Uh, from from you know from concept asset to practical asset within the animation itself to workable assets that can be then manipulated and animated the animated sequences themselves as assets the look dev assets the lighting assets and all the other little bits that go in yeah to finally producing then the composited assets mm. together into the final mm. final final feature no it's well worth doing and i probably will i probably will do it to be honest with you um but it's almost like uh, literally now there is like there's now you've now given me another one that I need to do. Well, I'm thinking that this could be a collaboration. Oh, I see. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a collaboration in it. I think you heard it I here first. Could, I think Chris could do the video himself. I've seen some of the stuff he's done, but very quickly, and then I will not it stop. Talk, I will stop talking about the Jevio FX YouTube channel, which you can find very easily on YouTube at uh, 
uh, youtube.com forward slash channels forward slash G-E-N-V-F-X. That's G-E-N-V-F-X. But I'm not promoting myself here, so I won't do that. Um, How many subscribers? <laughs> How many subscribers now? 1,134. Drop the mic. <laughs> I'm, I'm staggered myself. Um, it was The last video I did was doing about quick stylistic texturing in Blender 3 with UV Project and Critter. Mm-hmm. And so the point was that... Originally, I watched it. Sorry? I have watched it. It's really long. They need to be shorter. It's true. Um, they it are is five, five minute chunks is what my students once said to me. Yep. Well, I, I did a little post about that as well. I said, what would you prefer? And it would, the, the maximum they said was 15 minutes. And I think they're quite yeah. right. Anyway... I still watch tutorials that are like an hour long, and I'm sure you watch live feeds as well. So we haven't got I, I a do. leg to stand on yeah. exactly. So <laughs> I shush. I watch Erin Dale for five hours. I can't, I can't, <laughs> he's got, he sends me to sleep. He's got such a lovely voice. Um, You're up there with him. Face for radio. So this chap, a guy called Andrew Mossman, responded to the video. He said, "Thanks for this video." He said, "This is the kind of content I've been looking for." There are a lot of videos out there that model in Blender and post-process in Photoshop. I've been interested in knowing if Critter, especially Critter 5.0, can replace Photoshop in a workflow. I use DaVinci Resolve, and I believe it to be quite better than Premiere. My question for you is, do you believe Critter is better than Photoshop? And what about for painting over 3D models specifically, and concept art? And if it was just those things I was using it for, concept art and painting over 3D models... I would say yes. I would say yes, Critter is better than Photoshop. But that is just in reference to those things because Photoshop has so much in it. It does. And Critter also has so much in it. And they're kind of like different animals in a lot of respects. But I prefer... I, I, I think Critter sort of like sits in the Sketchbook Pro realm. Somewhat. Yeah. It's also got a feeling of a little bit of uh, coral paint in there as well. Mm. Um, but when it comes to f- yeah, when it comes to flat out painting, I, I hate to say it, I don't ever want to use Photoshop again for just painting when I can use Critter. And the most recent release, version five, it's just so fast, so fast. I mean, I do a swoop. I've done a swoop in this. I've done a swoop in Photoshop, and I I know the speed of my I know the speed my hand goes. You know, there's my swoop. In Critter, it's a perfect arc. In Photoshop, it's got jaggies. And it's it's better. It's just better at painting. Um, but it did make me think about, you know, I'm going to do just a Critter one, just to talk about all the stuff that's actually in there. Again, other people have done it. But when people put it out to me like this, questions this, I don't want to say, look at this guy's video, do I? <laughs> but I've been doing quite a bit of that. Yeah, we did, we and we have done that, and mm. and and I have said that I think that there's, I I think I think that the that these resources are ideal mm. for for the university and and college students, and it doesn't matter whether you're using Maya, Max, you know whatever. No, not at all, not at all. <clears throat> all I mean... of the principles are solid, so you can actually convert them yourself, and you should do. Mm. It's what we do when when we're trying to work things out. If we know it in Maya. We reverse engineer it into another package. And in fact, just recently, I have been, um, I, I had a, a, I think about an afternoon where I was just waiting for some feedback. And I opened up Bifrost in Maya for the first time properly. Never really looked at it. And if I had not spent quite a while recently with my head inside of 
geometry nodes in Blender, I would have found I wouldn't have found Bifrost intimidating because it's just a node network. But a lot of the stuff that you do in that, I mean, the first thing I did was following some of the, some chap who actually was one of the guys who was involved in the building of it uh, of Bifrost um, about taking a polygon plane basically making it's got an input it's got an output uh it's got a polygon plane you drag it in you then make that the input and then you sort of like add a noise deformer and then you move it along by sticking an add which then you connect a vector to which you then plug as inputs into the i mean i it's literally geometry nodes <laughs> um to such an extent that i just thought wow this is this is blowing my mind that i can i understand this and if yeah. i hadn't I spent that time on this, I wouldn't have done. So everything runs backwards and forwards across each software. It's like Houdini is very similar as well. And they're all, there's, there's so much stuff going on. As you brought up Houdini, and, I just, and again, seeing as we've, we've plugged GenVFX, rightly so as well, we've, we've plugged GenVFX, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a plug. We always tend to give a plug to YouTube channels and whatever else. We when do we're a on. bit. Um, but I want to give a plug to a, a, a VFX school, which is Rebelway. And they have a YouTube channel. And there's a, a Star Destroyer ice destruction that's just dropped into my inbox, done in Houdini as a tutorial. I think I've and seen it. Is it, is it, it coming, it's no word of a lie. Ice. Is it coming yeah, up to no the word, Yes, absolutely. No word of a lie. I was like, drop the phone. This is another level. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you're into VFX, if you're into sort of, you know, the, the sort of this sort of thing, then you'll, you'll fully appreciate what they've managed to do um in well it's a two-hour video but uh pulling that together it's uh, two hours eight minutes and 21 seconds actually <laughs> uh, most of that is actually complimenting gen vfx's channel at the beginning no it's the whole but it's not just uh, but the it's not just thing the about sim. it it's not They've done just the whole the sim, thing. it's everything. It's yeah. like the yeah. com uh, you know, the compositing layers as well. And I think it's yeah. a lot of, uh, everything's in there. One of the biggest things that I think everybody, when people do anything like this, they seem to forget, I think, sometimes how much of it is done after the rendering. Um, yeah. And it's not taken into account. So much VFX work involves just nuke or, you know, or a little bit of After Effects, you know, and just nuke and, and nothing else. You just get your live action footage, and the rest of it is all nuke. And then, yeah. but when you so when you actually see someone who's done, you know, a complete breakdown um, of how they've generated it all and how they put it all together, and you think, how how many layers is that? That's probably about mm -hmm. right. There's about eight layers altogether, and then sugar load and sugar loaded amounts of stuff. Um, I mean, they've got an advanced compositing for VFX court. Um, video just just a fit, but a bit further down the stack, and that's four hours long. So. There's a wealth of stuff on Rebelway, um, you know, and obviously if you if you if you're that way inclined and you need to sign up and you're looking for an online school, this one looks pretty good right now. Absolutely, so, no, they've um, they're side nailing it. Pretty happy with them. There's, yeah, there's, really I, yeah I mean, I, I'm not talking about my stuff in any way or form, but there is so much good reference and good stuff out there. So much, mm. it's um, there's a wealth of it. Speaking about um, Chris, as you were a few minutes ago, so is is our intention? Let's put this out there. Is our intention to have him on the next one? Yes, it is. Before he gets busy, because he's got a, he's got a project that he can't talk about, but he may talk about, but he can't talk about. Mm. Well, that's um, the, yeah, but this is the problem with when you work in the industry. You know, you, yeah. there's always something that you can't talk about. But he, it sounds very exciting, and if it does come off, then it's um, it, it would create a whole load of new opportunities for um, for people to get you know get on in the job and get in the world. Absolutely. <clears throat> so yeah, so yeah, we will get Chris McFall on. 
he he's he's up for doing it, which is unlike most people when we ask him. <laughs> David Sturzaker, we're talking about you. And I think he just gets off now, this David. Uh, <laughs> he gets off on just hearing his name <laughs> dropped every time. <laughs> no, I think I think I think David's sick to death of hearing me talking about this. Uh, I'll see him. Uh, I'll see him again soon because we're all back at the office. Anyway. 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 It's, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's, it's always been, a pleasure, mate. But we did we did get through some bits there, some topical bits. I might and, even uh, be able to get it back to just around about an hour, but probably yeah, not. Yeah. Well, there was a Fifth. load of stuff at the beginning you're not going to put in. <laughs> you're not wrong. Five-minute chunks. Five-minute chunks. <laughs> Does that mean I've got to vomit every five minutes? I was going to say that sounds like a Saturday night mantra. <laughs> <laughs> five-minute chunks. <laughs> More beer. Oh, God, you know, I, haven't, I haven't been out for a good session of beers in the pub for a long time. But we do, we do, yeah, we, we do, we do have some plans for the for the twenty twenty two year. Yep. Uh, work work permitting. Yes. Um, and we do want to try and get some projects off the ground as well. We did talk about them last year. Yep. They they got absolutely sidelined by Everything. all the events that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll look to do that, and we want to create a student academy of some sort to work on those projects, which it, would be awesome. It would be good. It would be good. So if any any lecturers out there that want to get involved. There will be work on both sides. This is not a one-way pony. Not at all. And more than anything, um, we what I think what both myself and John have both talked about this on more than one occasion is we would very much like there to be a much stronger, constant link between education and work. I think I think mm. that's 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 one of the big things for us. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, and I think it, we can... we're, and we're not talking about software. You know, like oh, it's got to be on this. We just mean yeah. We want there to be people who are going from the colleges to the workplaces and from the workplaces to the colleges so that the people yeah. who are working get the right people from the college and the people who are at college get the right information from the people who work. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Yeah. And some of it, I think, will come down to specific targeted stuff that we'll do with CPD and then we'll bring those people onto the podcast. Yeah. So that, so that they can talk about, you know, what they've got out of those sort of things and yeah. where they see how that can develop. It's, it's, it's something I think that we'll build, we'll build this channel properly because yes. lecturers are grafters as well. You know, they, 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 they work bloody hard. They do. For very little money. Yeah. And um, I, I can say that that's now, also, now in the that's, industry. <laughs> that's also the same in the industry. You work very long hours and you don't make a lot of money. Every, it, it is. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a highly paid job, but no. it's an absolute joy to be in this industry it's it's such a, it's such a rewarding job if you just can live with the fact that you are going to for certain periods of your life not have much of a life without putting it's, people it's, off it's it uh, one of the best things is is when you do your you do an imdb on yourself and oh, you find God. yourself on there so chris uh, this is a shout out to you we'll see you soon on the podcast we're coming for you mcfall we're coming for you. We heard you're a man with a certain set of skills. Very good. I try. Very good. It's going to be a fun edit, this one. And he wasn't kidding. I have been editing this for about four and a half hours. Yeah. Just let I drop this in. Anyway, turn it on. <laughs> yes, I think. No, no, it's all staying in. I'm just going to... It's, I'm, I'm going to do... This is for the Patreons page. They get the full <laughs> version. And on that note... On that bombshell. On that bombshell. We shall say, it's a good night from him. And a good night from me. And thank you all for tuning in. See you later. Bye. Good night.
This work is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Any opinions stated during the course of this podcast belong purely to myself and to John and are based at the time that we record this. The theme music is My Everything by DJ Quads. If you like that, and I'm sure you probably did, there is a lot more of his great stuff which you can find at soundcloud.com forward slash DJ Quads or his music is also promoted by www.free-stock-music.com.